Praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here in the studio at Crossway Church. I'm excited to be here with you on this very special day. Today is the 17th year that we have been a local church in this area. So happy 17th birthday to Crossway Church, the great congregation of Northeast Texas, that which I believe the Lord has given us uh, to be the Oklahoma Tex Regional Worship Center, where the preaching of the cross is preeminent, where it's above all things, it's tied to everything, and I'm just so thankful as I remember back our very small and humble beginnings. Robin, my wife, and I, we were bankrupt by definition and living with her mother and did so for three and a half years and uh, we didn't have we were broke and in that time period is when this church uh, began in that in that time period is is when this church began locally we didn't have enough money to buy one single chair and the Lord has done so many great things among us and provided so many great things among us. The most important thing he's done in our midst is to show us day by day the beauty of the truth of Calvary on every page of his word. And I'm so thankful for that. He still does that today continually every single day. And I'm excited about what he's done what he is doing and what he's going to do until he comes for us or until we go be with him individually, whichever one. <clears throat> I'm excited about what we're going to keep doing by the Spirit of God until he comes for us or we all go home together at the same time. Again today, as I did yesterday on the broadcast, I want to uh, let you know, bring it to your attention that our a 99-page Galatians commentary holding on to the truth of Calvary has been made available now. It's on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Click on the store icon, order your copy today, and when you do, I'm going to add this little nine-page booklet that I typed out the other day of a just a short uh, a, a, a topic called Moment by Moment. And what it's dealing with is how urgent it is to constantly live in the denial of self through the taking up of our cross and how that it's only in those moments that we're caught off guard that the enemy is able to pierce through with those fiery darts. And it really, really, and I'll be ministering based on this Sunday morning, but really the, the overall importance of this writing moment by moment is deals with that blanket statement of of course I believe in the cross of course I'm a Christian of course I believe in Jesus and we say that as a blanket statement but moment by moment it's obvious that that blanket statement has nothing to do with our moment by moment decision to deny self, take up crawl, our cross, and follow our Lord. And it's in those moments that we were not prepared, that we were not on guard, that the, in, that the enemy doesn't just throw fiery darts anytime. He waits for that precise moment and in this little nine-page booklet, I'll put it with anything that you order off of our website. I'll add it to the order. And, uh, but I'm, I'm not just mailing them out by themselves. Uh, so uh, there's not that. There's nine little pages, little tiny things. So uh, also, Pastor Preston Nasal, he doesn't mind me advertising this wonderfully written little booklet his blood, precious blood, wonderful, <clears throat> one of the best reads 
you will ever put your hands on worded so elegantly and wonderfully I, I'm not just saying that to encourage Pastor, Pastor Preston this is a wonderfully written little booklet of the great truth and what it means to carry that cross at all times and you will be blessed you can message him on messenger uh, Preston Nasal there he's in Sydney Ohio and uh, for some reason you can't get a hold of him I'm sure you will be able to. Then message me and I'll send you his address. And you can order your little copy today. He's only asking $10 a copy. So uh, God bless you. Good to be here on this great day. Let's get in our Bibles and get gathered around the Word of God this morning. I just believe the Lord's going to give us an encouraging word. Words of instruction and direction this morning. I believe he's going to do it as he does every time we gather around his word and we allow him to point us to Calvary, the great redemption plan. There's where he speaks through. There's where he works through. There's where we see. There's where we hear. And there is where we receive and nowhere else. That's the gathering place. That's the place we gather to receive the instruction, the correction. That's the place we gather to get everything we need. And one might say, well, no, I don't go to the cross. I go to the throne. My friend, you don't get to the throne unless you go through faith in the cross. And that blanket statement I mentioned earlier, that won't get it. Your faith today has to be in the sacrifice of Christ. The only approach to God's throne is through the blood of the Lamb. Not just because you were born again sometime in the past, yesterday or last decade or last millennium. You've got to have the approach to God to obtain mercy and to find grace is through faith in the blood. When you leave that out, you're not approaching your heavenly Father's throne. Even though he's your heavenly Father, the approach is not available to you or anyone outside of faith in the blood. Not just because you had faith in the blood, faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's where you must have your faith. That's where you must be depending. That's where your faith must be, your hope must be in. I heard Stephen Milani uh, say this at youth camp, and I've been saying it, said it many times in my message Wednesday night. I can't, but you can, and I know you will because of what you did for me on Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. You need to remember that. So let's get into this today. 1 Peter chapter 1, and let's read here in verse 13. This is going to be very special today. The Lord is going to attempt to impart much-needed truth into our hearts today and all those who have ears to hear. So verse 13 says, Wherefore... Gird up the loins of your mind. So I, there's about five words just in the first portion of this one Bible verse that I want to pick at or pick out of today. And, and the, the Lord is going to show us some things today. So I hope you're ready. I'm ready. I want to hear. I want to see more truth because the more he guides me into more truth, all truth, the more of the truth I'm going to be experiencing. Hallelujah. And the experience of truth is more valuable than anything on this planet. If we knew that, we'd be in our Bibles a lot more than we are. Hallelujah. No Christian would not be somewhere gathering with the saints unless there was literally no place near them whose focus was Calvary's cross. Uh, listen, if we knew the greatest experience in this world is the experience of our Christ as he leads us by his spirit of truth into more truth, if we knew that, then we would be involved in that. Many might say, well, I agree with that. I know that, but. That but means we really don't know it. It's like the person that says, well, I know I should be in church. No, no they don't. <coughs> to know something is to be in the experience of it. I know what they're saying. Well, I, I know the Bible says I'm, but they don't know they should be in church. When, one day when they wake up and know they should be in a local church, my friend. 
Come Sunday morning, they're going to be in a local church preaching the message of the cross, focused on God's redemption plan. Hallelujah. So the first word I want to bring out is the very first word in the Bible verse, 13, wherefore. When you see the word therefore or wherefore, you're going to have to back up and see what that word wherefore or therefore is pointing back to. And, I'm, and let's do that. Let's start in verse 5. Because the topic of this chapter so far is really faith and what you're going to do with it and what it can do for you if you do the right thing with it. Watch in verse 5. We are kept by the power of God through faith. And always remember, if you keep the faith, you'll be kept by God's power. If you don't keep the faith, if you don't exercise the faith, you're going to be in big trouble, my friend, because God does not just do what he desires to do anyway. The book of Galatians reveals that to us, that it requires for God to be moving us in the direction with the fruit that comes along with his moving us in the right direction. It's going to require faith. Do you know that Galatians chapter 5 says that faith is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Faith reveals that the Holy Spirit is moving in us, guiding, leading, bearing forth fruit through us. So watch this in verse 5, that we're kept by the power of God through faith. Skip down to verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and glory, honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And then skip down to verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So this, this chapter, really its focus is faith. And we're going to be, our faith's going to be tried. There's a, we've, got to, we've got to exercise this faith until the end because there's an end to this faith. That's what verse 9 says. So when we get down to verse 13, he says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. That phrase really means prepare your mind for action. Prepare your mind for action. Let's look at this today. The second word I want to uh, bring up is the word uh, gird. And it means gird it up and get ready like like if you're look if you've got a long uh, back in the day that, that this was written there what they wore was like long robes and stuff and and things of that nature when they would go work or when they would run or something they would they would gird everything up so they could move as they need to move and so that's what this word gird means prepare for action, prepare your mind for action. Watch this now. Gird up the loins of your mind. This next word I want to look at is loins. It means hip. If you look, I looked that up and I'm like, hips? I mean, what's hips got to do with mind? Because because hips, and that is what the word means. If you, if you look the word loins up, it, it says the loin. That is the hip. That is the procreative power. This is, this is our hips on our physical bodies are how we walk and move and have our being. We're not going anywhere if we don't have loins, if we don't have hips. We might get in a wheelchair, we might get in a car, somebody might carry us, but we in and of ourselves physically cannot walk without hips. And so the thought here is prepare your mind for movement. Prepare your mind for movement. Hips move us in our walk. So uh, apparently our mind has hips and that means movement. Prepare your mind for action, for movement. This is, uh, lets us know when we think about the other scripture that talks about being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Do you know that the spirit of anything is 
really what it's the movement of whatever that thing is. This is going to get good this morning. As I said here before uh, the broadcast came on this morning, the Lord was showing me what I'm about to tell you right now, which is what I just said. The spirit of anything is the movement of whatever that thing is. You know, you've had your, you know, you're of the same spirit, your daddy, you're of the same spirit of your your mother. Oh, we know who you work for. You're of that spirit or you're of this spirit. And and we're all of a different spirit when it comes to personality or whatever. But Christians are all of the same spirit of God. And even the spirit of God is God among us moving. The Spirit of God is the movement of God. If God is moving anywhere, He does it by His Spirit. Even when Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, came from glory, came from heaven as the last Adam to live a sinless life and to become our sin-bearing offering, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, that what he did on the cross, he did it through the eternal spirit, the spirit of God, the movement of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had to live a, a fully obedient life when he said, I only did, what I only do what I see my father doing. What he saw his father doing was being showed to him as the man he was by the Spirit of God, empowering him, the Spirit of God, empowering him to do what he was showing him, the Lord Jesus Christ, what his father was doing. Jesus said, I don't speak a word unless I hear my father speaking the word. What he was saying was, and what was going on there, was that the Holy Spirit, who Jesus as man had to depend upon, he would hear his Father by the moving of the Holy Spirit speaking to him, and he would be moved by the Holy Spirit. The spirit of anything is the movement of whatever that thing is. You need to understand that. So this will help us to understand the other scriptures that talk about being renewed in the spirit of your mind, being renewed in, in the way God moves our minds, renews our minds, the movement of our minds. The spirit of God is the moving of God. You hear it often said, what we need around here is the moving and the operation of the Spirit of God. Well, we see in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, immediately that darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the deep. But just because the Spirit of God was moving, nothing was happening unless the Word came forth. So the Spirit of God moves upon our hearts according to the Word of God. That's the way it all began. The Spirit of God was already moving upon the face of the deep, but then God said, let there be light, and the Spirit of God moved according to what God had said. That's so important to, that we understand when Jesus said when the spirit of truth comes, he's going to guide you. There's movement. Come on, somebody. There's movement. He's going to guide us, walk us into all truth for the experience of truth. So we see in this scripture that this chapter is about faith hanging on to the end. Our faith's going to be tried if we'll keep it. The power of God will keep us and, and, and there's going to be an end to this faith. Hallelujah. And, and, but, but we've got to gird up, prepare the loins, the movement of our minds. Do you understand that? We've got to prepare for action because the Holy Spirit is within the believer's heart and in our, in our body. He dwells in us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. Hallelujah. And He is always, let me say this, the Holy Spirit is always moving. Just as he was moving upon the face of the deep, uh, 
uh, but, but it took the word commanding before he could bring forth what the command declared, what the command commanded, if you will, what God commanded. So we have been given the Holy Spirit. We are, the Bible says, the temple, the dwelling place of God, the Holy Spirit. But it, <clears throat> Jesus said, you're my disciples indeed if you continue in my word. See, it takes the word of God, hearing the word of God, for faith to come. Faith is the initial fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Faith is one of the fruit mentioned there of the Holy Spirit. Faith comes by hearing what the Holy Spirit, who is God, is saying to us. And if we believe it to the point of surrender, then it is He, just like He did Christ, it is He who moves us into the experience of the truth. This is the experience of a prepared and ready mind because everything that goes on takes place in the mind. That's why we are to be renewed daily in our minds. We're not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed through the renewing of our minds. Hallelujah. I hope you understand that. And to be renewed in the spirit of your mind means you got to go back to where your mind became new, which was in Christ at Calvary. If you try to live your life as a Christian without the focus daily at all, at all times of the cross, my friend, then your mind cannot be renewed. Just because you go read a Bible verse and try to put the word in your mind, if you don't go back to where your mind can be renewed with the word, I said you got to go back to where your mind can be renewed in the word, and that's the cross. That's where you were made new through the blood of Jesus. It takes the blood for the spirit to be able to move in your heart and life, not just the blood because you were born again. Galatians chapter 5, the whole book of Galatians, even chapter 1 verse 6 says that we can remove ourselves from him, the one who called us into this grace. And, and chapter 5 of Galatians reminds us that we can actually fall from grace and that means fall from the spirit of grace, his leading, the spirit of truth. And Christ can no longer affect us or profit us. He can no longer mediate to us the benefits of his sacrifice if we place our faith in anything other than his sacrifice. You can't just have your faith in the word and it not be in the sacrifice. The cross of Christ, the death of Jesus, and your identification with that death by faith, not just once to be born again, my friend, but Jesus taught daily is going to be your experience of God confirming with his word that it is the lamp to your feet and the light to your path. And he will do that daily only if he can get you back to focus on the sacrifice because the sacrifice of Christ is the only thing that allows the word of God to be the light it is to us. Jesus dying on Calvary's cross, the Bible says, is the declaration of God's righteousness. The righteousness of Christ was declared from the cross, Romans 3, 25 and 26. The Bible says, the psalmist wrote this in Psalms 37 and 6. You need to write it down and go look at it. But that it's our righteousness that's, of course, in Christ that we heard declared from the cross and our faith was in the cross of Christ, the death of Jesus. Our hearts believed unto that righteousness and the Lord made that righteousness as our light. That's what Psalms 37, 6 tells you. And it has to be so because the Bible also says that all of God's words are in righteousness, the true light. 
God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path if we hold his words of truth in their righteous context. Outside of that, God's uh, unpleasurable resistance is against all the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold his truth in unrighteousness, Romans 1.18. And to hold his word outside of its righteous context is to look at it, study it, share it, preach it, and teach it without dipping it in the blood of Calvary. It won't work, my friend. You can declare it, you can preach it and teach it, but if it's not in the literal context of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, it has no light coming to be offered. God's Word is not light unless it's seen, accepted, and imparted by the Holy Spirit through faith in the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ is the only avenue through which God's Word literally shines into our hearts through the glorious gospel. It does not shine into my heart because I declare it. Faith does not come by me declaring the Word. It comes by me hearing the Word. And hearing of faith, Galatians 5, won't work if the object of my faith is not in the cross. Read Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter 5, and you'll see they're written for plain understanding there for us that the Holy Spirit is not going to work and to do the things that need to be done outside of the hearing of faith, which is there equated with our being obedient to the truth, which is equated with our object of faith being what it was in the beginning when it was the cross, the death of Jesus Christ, the gospel, and nothing else. Outside of that, it's fake, it's, it's make-believe, it's pretend. It's We need more of the moving and the operation of the Holy Spirit. We need less preaching and blah, blah, blah. And that's what you've got in the church today. You've got men and women and boys and girls who gather being led by other spirits because they don't know how to hear from God where, listen, we've been saying that for years, but let's say it a better way today. The, the church today doesn't know where to hear from God. They say, well, I got a Bible. I can hear from God anytime. Only if your faith is in the sacrifice. The hearing of faith only comes through the avenue through which faith comes. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1, that this like precious faith we have obtained comes through righteousness and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we need this, this sound doctrinal teaching. We need this. Now, I understand most Christians are not going to come and gather <clears throat> around a table where the soundness of God's Word is being presented. And the reason they won't is because if they do, then they <clears throat> will have to, <clears throat> I'm sorry, they'll have to walk away from everything that they've only been pretending worked, but it doesn't. And, and they know it doesn't. They, and they, when they get around other people, they pretend together and it makes them feel like it's working. But when they're alone at home or wherever they are, they know it's just not working. And that's where we find the danger of quitting, the danger of being angry at God. If you don't know how to live for God, if you don't know how to hear from God, and if you don't know where to hear from God, then my friend, you're in the danger because people who pretend are either going to quit pretending eventually and just, just throw the towel in on all uh, 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 everything spiritually or they're going to be carried off into a deep and way dark deep thing where they're seduced so much in an evil manner that they just get to the point they start teaching all sorts of false doctrines, just blatantly false. And, but you have, listen, I don't want to be found pretending. I don't want to be faking it till I make it. I want to know what the truth says because the Holy Spirit, He's within the believer's heart. But He's waiting till He can 
teach us the truth, present the truth to us. We believe the truth, which will always be in its righteous context because the fruit of being led into all truth, number one, is seeing righteousness and being led into the path of righteousness. Proverbs 12 and 17 tells us this. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Number one, the Holy Spirit is the one who speaks truth. And if we're hearing Him properly, we're seeing righteousness, learning to love and hunger and thirst for God's righteousness and learning to seek His righteousness above and before all things. If we don't know what that means, then we're probably not hearing from God, not being taught properly. Listen, a Christian can hear from God if they will trust what God has said. I'm not talking about men. When you start listening to men who are not preaching the message of the cross, then you're listening to men who don't understand that the cross is of utmost importance to even have eyes to see or hearts to understand the Word of God. We, we, we have to hear the message of the cross. There can be 10,000 sermons, but the message and the focus of every message must be the sacrifice of Christ. If it's not, then you have men that don't think it's that important or don't think God requires that much of our focus on what His focus has been on before the foundation of the world now in heaven singing songs about the slain lamb. And so these are men who and women who are yet to step into that uh, place where they're determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. Let me say today that God was the first one who was determined to know nothing other. He was predestined. That means He predetermined that there would be no words by him spoken outside of his son and what his son would do at Calvary. Now, the Bible says that in the, la in the, in the, in the times past, God spoke to our fathers, fathers of Israel, uh, by the prophets in various ways and diverse manners. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. The old covenant... He spoke to the prophets, to the fathers of Israel, about the Son. The new covenant, he literally speaks by his Son. That's what we need to understand. But let's get back to this scripture now because we need to see this. Wherefore, gird up, prepare the movement of your minds... Prepare the movement. Your mind, let me say this. Your mind is moving at all times. The Spirit of God is moving, hovering over your heart at all times. It's when they come together in agreement. And what He came to give us to agree, to be in agreement with Him with, so that we can walk together further in the truth being presented to us, is the sacrifice of Christ. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, the comforter, the Spirit of truth comes to present truth to us so that we can believe that truth and be led into movement, movement, walking in the truth, being led of the Spirit. That, that, that speaks of walking after the Spirit. If you live in the Spirit, then walk in the Spirit. Hips, movement. Hips, movement. Walk. It's not a natural, physical. It's a spiritual walk. So that's why he says, prepare, gird up the loins, the hips, the movement of your mind. Get ready. Prepare for action that your mind be found moving the, the, with the Holy Spirit who is moving always in the direction of Christ and Him crucified. And let me clear something up to, to confirm what we're talking about. All, the Holy Spirit always talking, always pointing to Calvary. Always, every day, with all the scriptures. All the scriptures, 
And that's this. The Holy Spirit continually turns us over to death. 2 Corinthians 4.11 Because if we're not Get this now. This is, this is what Christians don't know. And, 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 and very few ministers even know this and are preaching and teaching this. And this is not a one message. This is where we ought to find our feet together in unity, walking and preaching and teaching so the people of God, it don't matter if they don't want to hear it. It's what they need to hear. So we're being turned over to death by the Holy Spirit continually because, number one, without our identification again today by faith in the death of Jesus, there is no experience of His life. To believe there is means that you really don't believe what's written in Galatians and you really believe that God's just going to do what He does without your faith. Unbiblical, not going to happen. That's where we get into witchcraft, voodoo, make-believe, and pretending, and just plain old religion and forms of godliness that have absolutely no power of the Holy Spirit. So number one, the Holy Spirit turns us over continually to death so we might experience and express the life of our Christ, our Savior. Number two, and this is phenomenal, we are, as the children of God, being conformed into the image of the Son of God. The Holy Spirit has to do this. And again, He doesn't just do this. It requires our keeping of the faith we receive, that measure of faith, for Him to be able to keep us unto salvation. Again, that's verse 5 in this first chapter of Peter. But get this. If we're being conformed into the image of God's Son, Romans 8 and 29, and Philippians 3.10 presses on in so that we can all be on the same page and of the same mind movement where, where we move Gird up the loins, the hips, the movement of your mind so we can all be on the same page moving together. The Bible tells us in Philippians 3.10 that the way we're being conformed into the image of God's Son is by being made conformable unto His death. Because it's the only place we can experience and express his life. And again, not just because we were born again. Galatians 5, Galatians, the letter of Galatians is our billboard to show us along the way things are not just going to work out without my exercised faith. There it is. Exercise. Faith doesn't work by itself. It requires a believing heart that exercises faith so that my movement, the movement of my mind can be the movement of the Holy Spirit in agreement with the truth of Christ so that I can, 2 Corinthians 3.18, look as into a mirror beholding the glory of the Lord being made into that same image that I'm beholding as in a mirror from glory to glory by the Spirit of God so I can watch what God is doing in me, changing in me, because that's what we're watching in that mirror, the work of the Holy Spirit who is making us conformable unto the death of Christ because that's the image of God's Son that He's making all His new... That's the only place He's made all His new creation. Everything is in that perfect sacrifice of His Son. And the reason we have, the main reason we have resurrection power is so that we can constantly be planted in the likeness of His death because the power of resurrection only flows out of the power of the cross, the power of the preaching of the cross. Resurrection power is what it is 
because of the death of Jesus. And it is always attached there. Because that, my friends, is what we're by resurrection power being made conformable to. You don't need to lose sight of that. You don't ever need to lose sight of that. So to, to prepare uh, our minds for action is to know that I'm going to have to exercise this measure of faith I've been given to the end. To the end. There is an end of my faith. I can either throw it away and end it all today, throw it out the window and end it today, or I can keep it until where God says it'll end, that's the finish line. When I no longer need it, hallelujah, no longer need hope and faith, all I'll have is just the love of God to fulfill the end of my faith, the saving of my soul, the end of the saving of my soul, the grace that's going to come at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's powerful stuff today, isn't it? That's very powerful, good stuff today. Watch this now. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Wherefore, <coughs> prepare your mind for movement with the Spirit. Not just movement, with the Spirit. Listen, the Spirit of God only moves where the faith is found in the blood. In the Old Covenant, God would always start with the sacrificial system and then explain the priesthood. He would always take the blood first and dip it on the, the right earlobe, the right thumb, and the right big toe of the priest. And then he would take and, and, and do with the oil what he would do with the oil because the oil represented the Holy Spirit. The blood represented the sacrifice of Christ. It's always the blood and then the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's looking for a heart that's trusting in the blood of Jesus. Not that did one day sometime back, yesterday, last decade, last whatever. He's looking for a heart touching that sacrifice today because only the heart that's believing under righteousness can receive faith that comes. Faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17 and through the righteousness of God. And the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. So it takes the gospel to reveal the righteousness of God, the light of God's word, the faith that comes to our hearts so that our movement in our minds can be the walk with the Holy Spirit as we're led by him and we follow after his leading. Our minds are being moved with the truth he is teaching us. Amen. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Prepare your mind for action to be moved with the truth the Holy Spirit delivers you. Amen. Watch this now. Let's move on now. Be sober. Do you know the devil comes running in the church some years and years ago talking about, and people even told me, and I was in one of these local churches that said, man, you just need a good dose of the Holy Spirit. You just need to get drunk in the Holy Spirit. That is so unbiblical. It is nowhere in the Bible that talks about we need to be drunk with the Holy Spirit. And people would say, yeah, but Azusa Street. I say, listen, I don't care what you say about any place, anybody, any time. It means absolutely nothing to me if it's not written on the pages of God's Word. Because the Holy Spirit won't guide me into somebody else's experience, into an experience just because they had one and I want it too. He guides those whose hearts are touching that blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ into the truth that comes because of that sacrifice. So, listen, we don't need to be drunk. We need to be sober. I'm a Bible believer. All that charismaniac and all that false Pentecostalism, oh, so much of it's in the church. Just a bunch of voodoo and witchcraft. I need to be sober, not drunk. The Holy Spirit won't ever make me drunk. He, I don't care what your grandmama and your daddy did. It's not biblical to be drunk in the Holy Ghost. Well, that was just a move. No, the movement is to Calvary, and there's where we find 
spiritual sobriety, hallelujah, everything outside of faith in the cross is drunk. They're drunk with the, with the, with the words of Babylon, the, 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 the spirit of Babylon, drunkenness, the drunk, dr we've drank too long of the, the wine of Babylon that makes drunk the church of God. Just like in, in Israel's day when Israel was following Rahab that was uh, supporting the, the false prophets who were supporting lies, all of Satan. They were drunk uh, with false doctrine, drunk uh, being seduced by devils and lies and all of that. The church is in the same boat today and Elijah going up on Mount Carmel in that day and rebuilding the altar in that day, the fire of God falling in that day is equivalent today in the new covenant where God is raising up men and women, boys and girls to preach the message of the cross, the only message that brings the fire and the power of God. The Bible says where righteousness and peace kissed each other was at Calvary. That's Psalms 85 and verse 10. That righteousness and peace kissed each other. That word kissed is the word for kindled a fire. God's fire, the fire that he is as our consuming fire. Hebrews 12 and 29 only falls on the heart whose touching that sacrifice, still believing under righteousness. God's words, every one of them spoken in righteousness to point us to the place where his righteousness is offered in experience, being that of the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Be sober. Let's look at this this morning. Be sober. Let's look at this, this measure of faith we were given at the born-again experience is our only experience of spiritual sobriety, we'll call it. Spiritual soberness. Watch very carefully in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that is. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, this is Christians, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So beautifully written by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul that we are to exercise this measure of faith so that our thinking, our minds can be sober and according to this measure of faith that we were given. If it's not, then we are not sober. We are drunk with seducing Lies of the Spirit, religion, only forms of godliness that have no power of God. If we're not thinking according to the measure of faith we were given at the born-again experience, then we are not walking with the Holy Spirit. We are not following the leading of the Holy Spirit. He only guides us into life and liberty. And the Bible says in Galatians 2 and 20 that we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me by faith and gave himself for me by faith. That's how we live. That's the faith we live by. That's where this measure of faith we were dealt by God was measured out of. So if our faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ, we're not thinking soberly. We might say, okay, I've got to get back in church. I've got to start reading my Bible again. But all that means absolutely nothing if we don't end up back at Calvary because it takes the blood for the Bible reading to be what it should. It takes faith in the blood. That's an exercising of my faith in the blood. That means a surrender to righteousness every moment of every day. That means that is the object of my faith. That means I'm no longer listening to just anybody tell me anything no matter how long I have it is over the Bible says they that only have a form of godliness but deny the power from such turn away who are they those that are denying the power are those who saying that the message of the cross is not needed really at all times well that's not what our Lord Jesus taught us he taught us that if self will be denied which 
which the need for that is at all times because our minds never stop moving. It's just up to us to see they're moving in the right direction. He taught us that it's at all times we must take up the cross. And if we're not hearing about it, how are we going to know to do it? How are we going to not be carried off through the lust of our flesh under these other, not drunk drugs and drunkenness and, and, and sexual promiscuity, but I'm talking about just being carried off into these false things such as AA and celebrate recovery and all these things. We get mad when we hear somebody say that that don't work. And let me tell you, a man recently told me when COVID came on the scene and the people couldn't meet in their AA meetings, almost all of them started drinking again. You know why? Because their faith was in their meeting together, confessing what they were confessing. I am an alcoholic and uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Their faith was in that. They couldn't get together anymore. I got news for you. I got something so good and real, so powerful that I don't even need to get together in a church for it to be experienced. Now I need to be gathering with the saints and I need to be a student of God's word and I need to be uh, in praise and worship and lifting holy hands and bringing all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse uh, I need to be doing all that but if I'm not there and I'm not able and I can't do any of that other stuff for whatever reason it might be I still got the most powerful thing in the world I've got the salvation of my God through my Savior Jesus Christ and he's given me his spirit so that I might know everything he freely offered me no matter where I'm at, what time of day it is. He's not leaving me. He's here now and he's hovering upon my heart at all times just waiting on me to hear him, the truth he's offering me so that my mind can go along with what, where he's leading me. This has everything to do with bringing, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That means let, bringing every thought captive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Where is he leading me? To the obedience of Christ's death on Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. I told you it was going to be good today. Glory be to God. I told you it was going to be good today. Oh my goodness. Uh, are you girding up the loins of your mind? Preparing your minds for action today. Because if you're not, you're going to be carried off into places that you're not going to like where you end up that's going to be going to tie you up fears going to tie you up shame's going to tie you up uh, listen uh, uh, all sorts of chains and bondages are going to tie you up and trap you and paralyze you from following your lord if you don't look to the place where he delivers, hallelujah, from anything and everything, where you come to a greater knowledge every day that although we can't, he can, and we know he will because of what he did for us on Calvary's cross. Only when we come back to our first love, the place where our minds are renewed day by day. Our minds are prepared for movement only at the cross. Hallelujah. That's God's equipping and preparing place. He says in Psalms chapter 50 verse 5, gather all my saints together unto me. Those have made a sacrifice with me. That's the cross my friend. The cross is the gathering place. The cross is where God has gathered all his people. The cross of Christ, the death of Jesus is where he's made the entirety of his new creation, be it the new earth, the new heavens, the new people, every single thing that'll be new and eternal, he did it in the death of his son. If your mind will be new today, renewed today, it'll be because you're gathering with your God again today. I'm talking about with a conscious decision to gird up the loins, the movement of your mind, hallelujah, that you might be sober because only in your sobriety which comes through the exercising of that measure of faith in the cross of Christ are you not going to think more highly of yourself and your hope will be to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do you know that
this scripture, this one verse tells us that there's a grace being brought to us at the end of this great journey that we're on, this great... Uh, journey of faith that we're on. I hope it's a journey of faith for you, step by step, moment by moment, where you love the sweetness of these moments. You say, well, that's just too much. That's too radical. Well, the cross was just that radical. The cross was just that much. It, it was everything God had to offer. It was heaven's best. It, it was everything he unloaded. It was all that he could do. It was so great we can't fathom all of it. When God saw his son dying on Calvary's cross, it was the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen. It was that which pleased him to be able to bruise and wound his own son for our sins and transgressions to make us his again, to reconcile us unto himself, to give us new minds, this new way to walk in, hallelujah, that we walk with the spirit of our mind, the movement of our minds, hallelujah. He made that mind of yours new when he saved you. He set your feet in a new path, that path of righteousness when he saved you. And my friend, the Bible says here, if we will prepare for the action of our minds by going back to Calvary and staying there with our faith, the object of our faith, that we will be sober. We won't be caught off guard. We will be sober and that we will be able to hope to the end for the grace of that is going to be brought to us at the revelation. This means the, not the salvation revelation. We have that. That means the full revelation. That not only we're going to receive that grace, it's going to be brought to us then, but that grace is going to show the whole world who Christ has always been in us and who we've always been in Him. That grace, my friend, is the grace that I'm looking forward to now, that I'm reaching forward to now. I live by grace through faith. My mind is renewed by grace through faith. I walk by grace through faith. Hallelujah. And I'm reaching reaching, hallelujah, I'm reaching, looking for, uh, I can't wait to lay hold on that grace that's going to be brought to us uh, who run this race to the finish line, to the end of our faith, that that grace comes and reveals not only our Savior in the fullness to us, but who we are in Him and who He has always been in us to the entirety of the world. Glory be to God. Not only that we have life, peace, and liberty and the fullness of abundance of life forever and ever, but this grace that comes at His revelation unto us is also going to be the revelation to the world of just how desolate they are without Christ and his way of the cross. Everything outside the cross is a place of desolation. The evil the devil portrays as victory and triumph, he already knows it's been a flop and a failure at the cross. He, he, it was all triumphed over. Psalm says that the evil of the wicked will slay them. They've already been slain. Their boast is only in them being slain by their evil hearts and they don't even know it. But the fullness and the revelation and the experience of all of that is coming soon. And all will see just how much the cross has provided and just how much was missed out on at the rejection of it. And I want you and me to be found in stride, running this race together, striving together for the faith of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the same mind, of the same spirit, speaking the same thing because we're being moved in the same direction by the same spirit of God every day, which is to the cross to the cross, to the cross. Hallelujah. I told you it was going to be good today. I've just been so blessed to share with you these things that flow into my heart and through me and into your life, I would hope. I hope that you would share these 
great truths with the family of God and hopefully those who are not the family of God would come out of their place of desolation and isolation into the family of God to be saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit and led daily by Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I pray God touch you. Whatever it is that the enemy has touched your body with, God's touch is greater. I believe today's your day for a miracle. Hallelujah. I believe today's your day for a touch from the Master. Glory be to God. Just reach out by faith and touch that nail-scarred hand right now. And this is what we'll declare to him. I can't heal myself, but you can. And I believe you will because what you did for me on Calvary's cross. Praise be to God. Don't forget the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You'll find everything there that we're offering. Order it. We'll get it right out to you as quick as possible. Don't forget about the worship service Sunday morning. I'll be preaching a message entitled Moment by Moment, and you don't want to miss it. Whenever you can watch it, please do. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a blessing to this ministry, to be a part of our Amen Corner, and you can sow financially to the Lord through this ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com, or you get your pen ready and write it down or pull your cell phone out and simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, that's 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. And we know that the best is yet to come for the child of God who's looking to Calvary. Hallelujah. I'll see you next time. Until then... Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.